Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk and daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. continue in our series on gifts of the Spirit. We've been um, doing this for the summer now, and uh, we just want to continue in that. So just as we review that, I'm going to read to you from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, if you'd like to turn there with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting at verse 1. And it says, now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, You were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. So Pastor Chad has had us do this every week of this series, and I want you to know that if you're able to confess Jesus is Lord from your heart, if you're able to mean that, that means, as this said, that you are able to speak by the Holy Spirit. That means these gifts are for you. That means that you are not disqualified. It means that the Holy Spirit is working through you, so these gifts are for you. So if you are able to confess that from your heart, if you believe, yes, Jesus is Lord, I want you to say that with me, everyone. Jesus is Lord. So then, by saying that, we know the Holy Spirit is speaking through us. So just take a moment and let that sink in, that it is not beyond us. It is not for someone else. It is for you. And we'll continue on in verse 4. It says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds, (coughs) excuse me, different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in every one, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit. And he distributes them to each one, just as he determines. All of these gifts are for all of us. So let's just pause and thank God and let's just pray as we continue. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you that your spirit is in us. It flows through us, that these gifts are for us. So as we continue to hear from your word this morning, Father, I ask you to keep me hidden behind your cross. Let my words be your words. May there be less of me and more of you. May we not leave this place the same as we came in. Let your word transform us. Let it grow seeds deep in our hearts that go with us this coming week. So we thank you for this time together. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So we've learned some of these gifts already. Um, We started off with word of wisdom. Um, As Pastor Chad taught us, word of wisdom is how God will give us steps to get things done. It's a layout or an idea. That is a word of wisdom. Talked about Noah, how he, he taught Noah what to do, how to figure it out. Word of knowledge is not human knowledge or something that you've learned. 
It's not book smart. It's not something I can go to school and get a degree in. It's not something I can study. It is supernatural knowledge. Then we talked about the gift of faith and how God wants to stretch us in our faith. How many of us know stretching is uncomfortable? I can tell you firsthand right now, stretching is not comfortable. Uh, But all joking aside, stretching in our faith is not comfortable either. Uh, But God wants to stretch us in our faith because how many of us know good things come from stretching? So uh, we completely trust and we are fully confident in what God has said, even in areas where we can't see what he is doing. And that's the beauty of the gift of faith. We can't see it, but we still trust it and we know that he is faithful. The gift of healing is God's divine power and authority to quickly or instantly heal pain, sickness, and disease, which kind of overlaps a little bit with miracles. But the gift of miracles is a divine intervention. It's a moment It's God's power to cause creation to do things it wouldn't normally do. And I want to share a little story with you. So uh, you may know I have a little boy who's two and a half. And uh, we recently bought a house. We moved in in December. And the light in his bedroom was a little finicky. It would just randomly flick off. Like no light switch, nothing. It would just, as the fan was spinning, the light would flicker. And so one morning I'm getting ready across the hall. He's in his bedroom playing and the light turns off. And he looks at me and goes, oh, mommy, the light's off. And he's all concerned, not sure what to do. And he's very, very troubled by the fact that this light just went off. So he asks me, he says, mommy, daddy, fix it. I was like, sorry, buddy, daddy's already at work. Daddy can't fix it. So then he says, mommy, grandpa, fix it. Grandpa's an electrician. And the last time the lights went out, grandpa was able to fix it. So he should be able to fix it now in his little mind. But... I had to tell him, sorry, buddy, Grandpa's at work, and Grandpa's not in Stratford right now. And then, out of sheer desperation, because everyone knows I do not know how to fix a light, he says, Mommy, fix it. Sorry, buddy, I don't know how to fix it, and I'm busy getting ready right now. So then, we say, well, what about God? Why don't we ask God to fix it? So King goes, yeah, God fixed the light. Forgive me for my lack of faith, but I prayed a prayer something on the lines of, Okay, God, I know you can do it, and if you really want to right now, that'd be really cool if you fixed this light for my little two-and-a-half-year-old boy. And so, not thinking much of it, I continue getting ready, and all of a sudden, I hear Kian go, Mommy, the light's fixed! God fixed it! And he was so, so excited. Thank you. Let's... You beat me to my next point because I just want to encourage us that whether it be that something so small, that broken light that a two and a half year old wants to see fixed, whether it be a toy, this literally happened yesterday, he had a toy that's really quirky and sometimes just doesn't work and it started working again. And, or whether it be, you know, the story Pastor Chad shared last week of limbs literally growing from stubs. We need to take a moment to thank God, to honor him for what he's done because it's nothing we've done. That little prayer I prayed, that didn't change it. It's nothing I could do that changed it. It's all by God's power, by what the Holy Spirit is doing in and through us. So we just need to take that moment just like we just did and remember that when God shows up, we need to stop and thank him in the little things and in the big things. What may seem like little in our eyes, if we're not able to thank God in that moment, How are we going to be remember to thank him in the big moments? So that's just my encouragement to you. Whether it's a broken light, a broken toy, or limbs regrowing, remember to stop and thank God for what he is doing. Now, 
Um, I'd like to take a moment just to encourage you. I know this can be a pretty big series to digest. Spiritual gifts are a pretty big topic, and um, I just want to take a moment to stop and encourage you in that. So often, what we do is we discredit ourselves. We see ourselves as unworthy, and well, spiritual gifts are for these people. I'm not worthy of those gifts, whether that be because we say, well, I don't have an education. I don't have, I didn't go to Bible college. I'm not a pastor. I haven't been in the church X number of years. I don't have the faith. I don't have the stories. Whatever it may be, wherever we disqualify ourselves, I just want to take a moment to challenge us in why do we feel unworthy of God's love and his grace? Why do we think we are unworthy of the good gifts that God has for us? The Bible talks about how he is a good father and he has good gifts for us. But you know what? We just saw the greatest example ever of what counts us as worthy. It's not about anything I've done. There's nothing I can do to make myself worthy of any of it, of God's love, of his grace, of his forgiveness, of receiving these gifts. Nothing I can do counts me as worthy. But as we sang in that song, you are worthy of it all. To you belongs the glory. It's not about what I do. It's all about the sacrifice he made to count me as worthy. It's not about me and it's not about what I've done. It's about where it comes from and where it's going. So it's coming from God through me to minister to others for his glory, not for me, Not because it makes me look good, it puts a badge on me. It's for God's glory. To you belongs the glory. So I just want to show you a little bit about what I mean. I've talked briefly about how, you know, God is the giver of good gifts. He is our father. And my dad is here today. In fact, actually, both of my fathers are here today. But I've prepared one of them for this job. So um, we ask God for these gifts. And so I'm going to ask my dad. I've prepped him for this. I'm going to ask him for some good gifts. So he's going to come forward and and bring some gifts to show you. Thank you very much. So if you know me, I'm not very handy. I can figure it out, but this man right here is one of the most handy men I know, and he is an electrician. So he brought me what he thought were some good gifts. Thank you. You can sit down. So we'll just take a look through this basket and see. To be honest, I don't even know the names for him. This was, let's go through my toolbox and what do you want? Well, these are some gifts that he brought. So these are some sort of wire cutters, way fancier than any kind of wire cutters I've ever seen. We've got, this one I know, I can handle this. This one's a screwdriver. Don't ask me what kind, it's the flat one. (laughs) This one, well, it clicks and it's pretty cool, but it's a tool and I don't know what to do with it. Maybe. Who knows? We've got this, which looks like it's important, but I don't know what it does. And we've got some more tools with numbers and wire cutters, I assume. This is Kian's favorite tool. Grandpa always has it in his pocket, and it has a little button, and it lights up, and Kian calls it Grandpa's beep beep, and that's about all I know about it, except that it tests the electrical outlets to see if there is current running through it. So it, it's very important, but I wouldn't know first thing to do with it. And then we've got this that has a handy little plug on the end. 
So there's all these tools that my dad brought. All of these tools that are good gifts. Now, I could stand here and I just told you, I don't know what most of them are. That's being completely honest with you. I'm not just making that up. I don't know what to do with them. But my sister, she actually works with my dad. So she not only knows what they are, she knows how to use them. She's practiced, she uses them, and she could do it. I can't, but she can. So I could stand here, and I could have a little competition game with my sister, like we have done countless times. Um, And I could sit here and compare myself to her and say, well, I'm not worthy. I could disqualify myself and say, well, look at all of these tools that I don't know what to do with. You should see the size of his tool bag. This doesn't even put a dent in the tools that he uses on a daily basis. And I could say, well, it's just not for me. God, why did you give me these gifts that are beyond me? Can I trade? Or we'll sit here and compare, well, so-and-so has some screwdrivers and wrenches. I can handle screwdrivers and wrenches. Can we trade? I can disqualify myself from the gifts God has given me. Or I could ask for different ones. Or the other option is to stand here and flaunt it and go, well, look what I've got. It's my badge. You don't have a tool like this, but I do. But you know what? That would just hide the fact that I don't know what I'm doing with it, and that's not the purpose of the good gifts that God has given us. So instead of all of that, this is what I want to challenge us. I could recognize the good gifts that my Father has given me. He didn't just pull something out of the garbage. These are valuable tools that he works with every day. And if I kept them, tomorrow he'd probably be in a bit of a pinch. Well, tomorrow's a holiday, so I hope you don't have to use them tomorrow. But you know what I mean. We'd be in a bit of a pinch if he didn't have the tools that he needed. He sees these as good gifts. Our Father sees the gifts he gives us as good gifts. So what I could do instead is I could ask God how to use it. I could take the time to practice using it, just like my sister has done. She didn't just pick it up and know right away, Dad handed me this tool, I know what to do with it. She's smart, but she's not that smart. (laughs) I'll give her credit, but she had to take the time to learn, just like we have to take the time to learn, God, how do I use this gift that you've given me? What is it about? And take the time to do it. I could use the tools that God has given me to build up the kingdom. And that is just what Paul is asking us to do. The passage we've been reading from 1 Corinthians, that's just what he's trying to communicate, that these gifts are to be used to build one another up. They're not for me to keep to myself. It's for God's glory, for me to use to bless and to minister to other people. But we might think, well, easy for Paul to say. He's a biblical hero. He wrote part of the Bible. Of course he can say these are good gifts and we should use them and all of this. But let's just take a moment and think about who Paul was. Paul, in Acts 9, was Saul. If you know anything about Saul, you know he was was a murderer. But he had a transformational experience with God. He had an encounter with Jesus that changed the course of his life forever. So no matter what's in your past We see countless stories of person after person after person in the Bible 
who counted themselves unworthy. Moses literally saw God in a burning bush and said, nah, it's not me, it can't be me. We see so many stories of people that God chose to use even though they had a messy past. So whatever your past is, this is what, this is what Jesus says about Saul. He says, this is my chosen instrument. Not, oh, whoops, I was desperate and I stumbled across some man on a road, so I picked him. This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles, Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. That's Acts 9, verse 15. If God can use Paul, Saul, used to be Saul, a murderer, if God can use him to literally record the words that we know to be the true final authoritative word of God, then we can be used too. So I just wanted to take a moment to break that all down for you. We are worthy. We saw in communion, God sent his son Jesus to die for us, to count us as worthy. How dare I stand here and say, Dad, I don't like these gifts. I want different ones. My point is that God gives us good gifts. He wants us to use them. So as we continue to learn about prophecy, where we'll be talking about today, we're just going to start by saying, you know, there's prophets and there's the gift of prophecy. We will be talking today about the gift of prophecy. And we all have access to that, as we heard earlier in the 1 Corinthians chapter 12 passage. We all have access to prophecy. So I think sometimes we shy away from prophecy because we think it's just so big. We think, well, there's prophets in the Bible and I'm no biblical prophet. It's okay. It's not what God's asking us to be. We can all agree that the Bible is full of prophecies and they make up the final, complete, authoritative word of God. Nothing can be added to it. Nothing can be taken away. But God also gives us a special gift. It's very different than what's in here, but it still needs to line up with what's in here. So, what is the gift of prophecy? What does it mean for me? In 1 Corinthians 4, uh, sorry, 14, verse 1 to 3, it says, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, for their encouraging, and for their comfort. The Bible tells us, especially prophecy, all of the gifts are important, but prophecy has a special purpose, to strengthen, to encourage, and to comfort others. So the dictionary definition of prophecy, simply put, is an inspired utterance. Simple, huh? Sometimes we make it so big, but the gift of prophecy is simply an inspired utterance. So the Greek word for this is prophetia. And as I was reading my, the study notes in my Bible, this is what it says. I just want to read this to you. It says, the word prophecy as used by Paul in 1 Corinthians refers generally to speech that reports something that God spontaneously brings to mind or reveals to the speaker, but which is spoken merely in human words not of God. Therefore, it can have mistakes and must be tested or evaluated. 
It's not human inspired. It's not me just looking at Sandy and saying, hey, Sandy, that's a cool shirt. That's human inspired. That had nothing to do with the spirit. That's not to say it can't be nice things. In fact, it should be nice things. They should strengthen, encourage, and comfort one another, but not from my mind. The gift of prophecy is from the spirit. It is spirit-inspired things through a human vessel, which is why it needs to be tested. If you're receiving a word of prophecy, always, always, always test it against scripture. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 to 21, this is where we get this from. It says, do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecy with contempt, but test them all and hold on to what is good. This isn't to say you don't trust the person giving the message. It's what God asks us to do. He asks us to test it against his word. Is it true? Does it resonate with your spirit? Pray, ask God, is this for me? And this is where I'm going to challenge some of you and say that when delivering a word of prophecy, when you've received the gift of prophecy and you're speaking, it shouldn't actually be prefaced with, thus says the Lord. The Bible prophets are, prof- are, are prefaced with, thus says the Lord, because it is in the final authoritative, complete word of God. The gift of prophecy is through a human vessel. So we can say things instead like, you know, I feel like God wants me to tell you this. Puts the ownership on me. Let's people know that if they're hearing a thus says the Lord message and it doesn't resonate with them, it's not for them, makes them question, well, either I'm wrong or God's wrong. But when I say, Sandy, I feel like God's telling me to say this, it puts it on me. And that's okay. We'll get into that later about it's okay to strike out. So the gift of prophecy is inspired. It is not necessarily speaking word for word. God gives you a message through the Spirit, inspires you to speak it, and it's up to you to do it. I feel like God wants you to know. I feel like God's telling me to tell you this. We need to remember that the Holy Spirit brings the inspiration. It's up to me to follow. Am I going to hold on to it, or am I going to be obedient and share it? It's so, so, so important to test a prophetic word, because as humans, we are imperfect, unless you're something I don't know about, but we are all imperfect. We all need to be tested. We're imperfect, and there is room for error. There's three distinctions of where this error can come from. We can perceive the revelation imperfectly. We may perceive it through our own experiences, through our own thoughts, but we may perceive the message we are being given incorrectly. Or we may understand it imperfectly. We may put our own spin on it and understand it wrong. Or we may deliver it imperfectly. There's room for error, not because we want to, not because we aren't being faithful, not because it's not filled with the Spirit, We are filled with the Spirit, but because I'm human, because it's operating through flesh, there's room for error and we need to test it. So how do we test it? We've touched on this a little bit. When someone gives you a word of prophecy, this is what you need to do. Compare it against Scripture. If it doesn't line up with what the Bible says, it is not from God. If it doesn't affirm what the Bible already says, then it can't be true. 
You can pray and ask God to give you clarity and confirmation. God, is this for me? It might not be for you in that moment, so hold on to it. Maybe it's for next week, next month, next year. I've heard people encourage you, always write it down, because you can go back and say, oh yeah, God gave me that message last year, last week, yesterday. He knew I would need it in this moment. So yes, still test it, still pray, but just because it's not for that moment doesn't mean necessarily that it's not at all for you. But this is the challenging part. If it doesn't seem to fit, you have permission to be honest with that person. We all know that when we're trying to learn a skill, somebody telling you, oh yeah, great job, when you really did not so great, doesn't help you grow. We're a family and we want to see you succeed. We want to see you grow. So be honest with one another. Don't tear them down. Just say, you know what? It doesn't resonate with me right now, but thank you for being obedient. Thank you for stepping out in faith and sharing that. Maybe it's for someone else or maybe it's just not for today. Be honest. Now, we have a lot that we can learn from Babe Ruth. I'm not a sporty person either but I did look up some sports statistics for those of you that are sporty. And I know enough to know that Babe Ruth was a very, very good baseball player. He held many records. And I was reading an article from Forbes that um, Babe Ruth was quoted saying, every strike brings me closer to the next home run. He could have stood there, given up, and been done. But every time he stepped up to the plate, every time he had a strikeout, got him closer to that next home run. So many of us, to be honest, I knew him as this famous baseball player because of how many home runs he had. He was known as the king of home runs. But on the flip side, he was also known as the king of strikeouts. Now, strikeout isn't just, whoops, I didn't make it to home base. Completely struck out. And the numbers are astounding. He had 714 career home runs. That's a lot. I don't, I've never had a home run. <laughs> but Babe Ruth had 714 of them. But what shocked me was that he had 1,330 strikeouts, nearly double on record. And when I stopped to think that a strikeout isn't just, well, he didn't make it home, He didn't even make it to first base. It's a pretty bad way to strike out when you're a professional ball player. That many times. So, this is another thing I'd like to read to you. This is just about Babe Ruth. It says, Ruth gave those who came after him permission to fail in bigger ways than before. But he also gave them permission to succeed in bigger ways than before. That's my point to you today is that you have permission to fail. We're human. I don't ever want you to stop stepping up to the plate out of fear of striking out. That may just be your home run. It takes a lot of faith to step up to the plate, especially when it comes to spiritual gifts. Because they're so so incredible, but so beyond us. So practically speaking, what does this look like? We've learned what is prophecy, that we're worthy of these gifts. 
But now what? What do I do with that? Simply put, I don't want you to walk away from this thinking prophecy is too big for me. I can't do it. It's too scary. These are all lies that I've heard and I have even believed at one time. I can't do it. It's not for me. But it is. Simply put, the gift of prophecy is simply sharing inspired words from the Holy Spirit. I think that kind of makes it a little more tangible, a little more possible when we see it as sharing inspired words. These are not our own words. They're words from God. Remember, there was three things, to encourage, strengthen, and comfort another person. Again, not for my glory, not to make me look good and go, oh yeah, that person, they just got a really awesome word of prophecy because of me. That's not what this is about. It's about the glory being given to God. Showing both believers and unbelievers, God loves you enough, as Doreen shared in her story, It's just so wonderful that God loves me enough to show me. That God loves me enough to use me. He loves you enough to use you. We need to be okay with not sharing what we think we need to share. It's okay if it's a short prophecy. It's okay if it's one word, one picture, one phrase. It doesn't need to be written on a whole scroll, a whole paragraph of speech for that person. Sometimes it literally is a picture. I can't tell you the amount of stories I've heard of people saying, well, I saw a balloon. Does that mean anything to you? And the person literally starts weeping because it was what they needed in their spirit. God's ways are beyond our ways. I'm so thankful they are because my mind is limited. His is not. Don't be afraid of sharing the things that sound crazy. Those might just be the biggest things that will transform someone's life because they know it's not that person just trying to make something up, trying to say something. I remember when I was preparing to share um, the gifts of the Spirit with the kids. We did this series uh, back in the winter. And as I was preparing the lesson on the gift of prophecy, I laid in bed the night before I was to teach it, and I was just like praying. I said, God, I want this to be real for these kids. I want them to see it. I want them to see it in action, not just for me to stand up here with my notes, the Bible, and say, well, this is what the Bible says. Part of our mission statement for Bethel Kids is we want kids to know, experience, and share Jesus. I wanted them to have an experience. So I was praying, Lord, use me. Give me a word of prophecy for some of these kids. And he gave me a name, and you are special. Or you are awesome, sorry. You are awesome. And I thought in my human mind, I thought, how could that be enough? I could say that to anybody. But what distinguishes that from me just saying something, that was from the Spirit. And I can tell you with certainty that when I said that and I saw the look on his face, I will never forget it. It wasn't just a, the teacher noticed me and this is cool. You could tell it was just what he needed in the moment he needed it. So don't be afraid to say something short, to say something that, well, that can't be right. They'll think I'm stupid. They'll think I don't have the gift. It's not about you. 
about giving God the glory. Don't be afraid of the small. Be faithful with little, and you will be given much. Prophecies, as I said, can come in a picture, a vision, a dream, a word. Can come in any form. Be ready to listen to it and obey, to share it with who God's asked you to share it with. And don't discredit what you've heard or seen. Don't discredit or disqualify yourself. Please, please, please do not say, I'm not worthy. God gave you the gift. He trusts you with it. He'll teach you how to use it if you take the time to learn and practice. So, in a moment, I'm just going to invite the prayer team forward. But I just want to close by saying that We've learned all this about prophecy. We've learned about all these gifts. But I want to remind you that faith, seeking these gifts, being given these gifts is not about striving. It's not to put a badge on myself and say, look what I can do. I'm a good Christian girl now because I can do that. It is never, ever, ever about me. It's all to bring glory and honor to God. As Bill Johnson says, When we strive, we likely won't hear from God because that affirms the flesh. It affirms that I can do it in my own strength. When I strive and I want these gifts and I'm like, oh, but God, please, and I beg and I plead and I beg and I plead and I do it in my own strength, why would God reward that? That just shows me that I did it. And as I said, that's not what this is about. It's about what God can do. So instead... We need to rest in his presence. Let him speak. It's not about me, what I can do. Let God speak. Prophecy comes from an intimacy with the Lord. And sometimes that comes through saying nothing at all and simply resting in his presence. The most profound moments I have had with the Lord were not up at an altar. I'm not discrediting the altar. The altar is a powerful place, and God's presence is here. But what I'm saying is that it can be anywhere, anytime. We just need to listen. And the most powerful times I've had are when I'm alone, quietly, not begging God for a word or a gift, seeking him, asking his will to be done, and just stop and listen. If you're like me, you like to talk. But just stop and listen and see what God can do. We can't, I don't know about you, but if you've ever played a game that's on a timer, something like Pictionary or something like that, we're on a timer, we're under crunch, we're stressed. You play that game and you cannot think clearly. But the second that timer's over, oh, well, if I would have just done this, or the idea comes to mind, or you're playing with a team and, The second that timer's over, the pressure's off and you can think clear again. So I don't want you to think that the special quiet moments are anything less than the altar moments. Both are special. Both are important. Practice hearing God's voice and using the gift of prophecy when you have time to wait. When we're in a rush, that's the striving. Saying, God, I need it now. But when we have the time to wait on God's timing, God is faithful. And this, 
here in this building with these people is one of the safest places to practice. I can speak on behalf of the pastoral staff to say we want you to succeed. We want to set you up for success. We want to celebrate those victories. And when the strikeouts happen, they happen. Don't let it deter you from stepping up to the plate again, waiting for that home run. So if the prayer team can come forward and the worship team too. I just want to remind you, do not be afraid to strike out. Be faithful with that picture, that vision, that word, whatever it is that God has given you, that Holy Spirit-inspired utterance. Be faithful because you never know what he's going to ask of you next. And I don't want you to miss out on it. I don't want you to miss out on that home run because you weren't willing to do the first step. So the altars are open. If you want to come, if you want to seek these gifts, if you want someone to pray with you, if you want just something broken off, if there is something that you're saying, this is just too much, I can't handle it anymore, I want you to come forward. These people are here to pray for you, to support you. There's no judgment. Nothing is too big, nothing is too small for God. So whatever that may be, I invite you forward just to pray. Or maybe it's you're sit there thinking, I'm just not worthy. I need you to remember that you are worthy because of what Jesus did on the cross. You are worthy of his love, his grace, his forgiveness. You are worthy of receiving these gifts. But remember that God is worthy of it all. To him belongs the glory. If you'd like to sing that song again, I think it's a a fitting one. But if you would just stand and sing that song with me, but know that the altars are open to come forward and pray if you'd like. I'd just like to close this time off in prayer. Father, we just thank you. Father, we thank you for your grace, for your love, for the sacrifice you made for us. We thank you that it's not by our strength or anything we can do that counts us as worthy, but it is all by your power. Father, we just take this moment to celebrate the worthiness that you have. You are worthy of all of our praise. You're worthy of all of the glory. None of this is for us. It is all for you. And we thank you that you see us as worthy of receiving those gifts. So as we go this week, we just give you every moment to be in your presence. We ask your Holy Spirit to go with us, to go before us and surround us as we continue to seek these gifts and allow your presence, allow your spirit to transform us. Father, we thank you for this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you and that you come back and check out next week's message as well. 